Hey everybody, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today I'm talking to my great friend Kimberly DeCray. Um, Kim, <laughs> Kim and I have known each other for several years now um, and we're actually really great friends and she has an amazing story um, that I'm really looking forward to having her share with you guys today. So I'm going to let Kim introduce herself and uh, let us know a little bit about her. Hi, my name is Kim DeCray, or you call me Kimberly. Um, I've been doing sports all my life. I started off with soccer. I was in love with soccer, and um, unfortunately, I tore my ACL from soccer when I was a senior in high school. So then I ended up playing or running track in college, and then uh, when I graduated track, I ended up doing CrossFit, and I've been doing CrossFit for the last seven years, and it's how I met Kira. We met at the same gym, so that was, like, what, five years ago? <laughs> I think, yeah. It's been close to five years, so. Almost like five years, yeah. I think we met in, like, 2016, yeah. That's so long. Oh, wow, it's crazy how fast time flies. <laughs> I know. So Kim is, Kim's a phenomenal athlete. Um, she's a phenomenal person. And there's Aww. there's much more to her than just being an athlete. But today we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about her journey um, because I definitely feel like even no matter what you do in life, um, we've all had setbacks and today is all about overcoming those setbacks and um, being a better person because of them. So you started playing sport. You started playing sports as a kid. You've been playing them your whole life. Um, how much of your life? has really kind of been involved with sports? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's almost been like my release ever since I was six. It was my, like, when my mom put through my sister and I into soccer, that was like my release of just everything going on. You know, when you're a kid, you've got your own things that you're just, you just, you have your own little, I don't know, thoughts that you want to let go of. And then when you're in high school, you have your own things going on, all the stress of puberty and everything. And I feel like sports was always something that I could hang on to. And just like, it was something that I felt like nothing else mattered when I was doing it. And that was just, that's why I fell in love with just sports in general. So my first, like I said, my first love was soccer. And then uh, when I got into high school, I started doing soccer and track. I actually played five sports in high school. Um, so I just kind of wanted to do every single thing I could think of because I love sports so much. And it was, like I said, my release. And then, um, and then obviously I played in college at a division one college. So yeah, it's pretty much been a big part of my life. Um, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a huge part of my life, if that's if that answers your question, Kira. <laughs> it definitely, yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And I'm sure that many of you guys can relate, you know, if you guys are runners or, you know, you're really, you're really into yoga or you're at CrossFit and you're like, I'm going to do back-to-back classes because, like, your brain actually gets to shut off when you're doing these things. Yes, and exactly. So even if you haven't been an athlete your whole life, I'm sure that, you know, for those of you guys who are listening, can definitely relate to that. So you went to college at Florida International University mm-hmm. as a student athlete. So what was that like? Um, it was it was fun. I liked going to FIU actually. It was I mean, you're in Miami, so everything is very upbeat and exciting. Um my first three years of going there I was a runner. 
And then my coach actually saw how strong I was and said, you need to be a thrower. <laughs> so my senior year of college, I threw the hammer and um, it was the best decision I had made in my athletic career at the time because I ended up being the only female on the team to make it to regionals and like NCAA regionals that year, my senior year. So it was a really cool experience. Um, I definitely like have no regrets going to school at FIU and being a student athlete. I mean, you have to juggle a lot because you're trying to, you know, do well in school, but also like compete and do well in your sport. So it was a lot, but I, you know, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I liked it. And I obviously had fun when I did well my senior year. So. So what exactly is throwing the hammer? Just oh, out yeah. of curiosity. So it's like, um, how do I describe it? It's like this ball that's attached to this kind of metal chain thing and then you have a handle at the end of it so you swing it around and you throw it as far as you can <laughs> like you okay. literally do spins and then you toss it so yeah i'm gonna google image this after we after our um, yeah. some people know it, some people heard of it yeah because it kind of goes from like ancient times um but like yeah it's it's actually a a college like sport like it's and and it's in the Olympics too. Oh, okay, so is is it it's part of track and field? Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So yeah. do you like as you know while you were in school you know was your life kind of consumed by athletics or you know like I had a very different college experience. Um, I was in downtown Boston and I didn't play any sports mm-hmm. um, unless you consider competitive drinking a sport. Um, so I imagine like your, your, so your experience was a little different. Yeah. Well, it's funny you ask that because I didn't ever drink when I was in high school. And, um, so when I went to college, that was my first time getting exposed to that. So it was kind of like I had to juggle that, like, you know, the college experience and everything and meeting new people and finally being free and not living under your parents' control. And then, but also trying to do well in your sport. And it honestly could have been part of why I didn't do as well my first two or three years. But my senior year, I was like, you know what, this is my last year. I want to do well. Like sports has always been my passion. So I kind of buckled down and put my focus more into it. So yeah, it, it is. It's not easy to juggle, especially if you don't get that party or, you know, staying out late out of your system, your high school years. And then you go to college and you're like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do I want to do everything. <laughs> but ultimately, you came back to your passion for being an athlete and, and being good and trying hard in your sport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would, I like how you word that. It's almost like I came around, came back to my passion and that ultimately in the end took over instead of, you know, all the distractions you have in college. So, yeah. And so then how, how far, how long after college did you find CrossFit or was, was CrossFit the, what you found after you graduated? So because I like sports so much and just, you know, anything that's um, 
basically exercise or competing. I went all during my college years. I was like, well, once this is done, I'm going to be a triathlete. And I just kept telling myself that I'm like just planning my next, I'm always planning my next thing I'm going to compete in. I'm like, once college is over, I'm going to go compete in triathlons and travel the world and do that. And then, um, and then my mom actually showed me, uh, when I was at her house, this is like a few days after I graduated or something. And she was showing me videos of people doing this sport called CrossFit. And I didn't really know anything about it at the time. Uh, I know it's been around, it had been around for a bit because this was 2013, but I had just never really heard much of it. And when I saw like the videos and the pictures, I immediately fell in love. I was like, never mind, I'm doing that. I was like, I'm not doing, <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing triathlons, I'm doing CrossFit. So just like that, I decided, I made my decision and I was like, where is the closest CrossFit gym? I'm going into it. And that's literally what I did. I literally found the closest CrossFit gym to where I had like moved to. And those have been the same people that I've been with this entire time. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. So just for my own personal question, that was when you went to Rebels? No, no, no. Um, no, I've never gone to Rebels. Oh, this was a uh, CrossFit Pinellas. Okay. So CrossFit Pinellas was um, like the head coaches there was Guy Jerkis and Aaron Hanna, who are now the owners of CrossFit West Chase. And but they were like the head coaches at CrossFit Pinellas, which was this tiny little like garage like gym. It was this, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, what is this? People work out in this? Like, I was so confused that that, you know, that's the CrossFit setting, except at the time they were so much smaller and there was no AC or anything. And, um, yeah, so they were the ones that got me into, they were like, they convinced me to stay because when I did my first workout, I was like, screw this. I am never doing this sport again. <laughs> and then for some reason I came back the next day. I don't know why, but after I did that work, the fir my first CrossFit workout, I was like, I'm never doing this again. This is the most painful, like horrible sport. <laughs> and then for some reason I showed up the next day and then like, I think it was either that day or the next day, Aaron convinced me to commit and like do CrossFit, like just like commit to it and just do it like every day, basically. So I think that's, that's such a similar story that so many people have to CrossFit. It's like, I showed up and it was terrible and I yeah. hated it. And then I came back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I always love when I see, you know, new people come into our gym and I just, I know exactly how they feel and like the look on their face. And I mean, and it's intimidating. I was shaking because I was so intimidated by everybody and, and people laugh when they hear me say that because I guess people think that I'm in, look intimidating or something. But I was so intimidated. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how we're going to do this kind of thing. This is crazy. <laughs> so, but, yeah, and I think you're right. I think that's how most people feel. And they, you know, now they know that that's normal to feel that way. We all feel that way in the beginning. And so since then, so I guess, what was it, 2016, that you made the regionals team the first time for yes, us? that was with you, Kira. <laughs> <laughs> That's because of you, Kimberly. <laughs> um, so in 2016, and that was what, like two or three years after you started CrossFit, um, you made a team that went to regionals? Yeah, um, I guess two years because I started in 2014 or yeah, around 2014. So yeah, two years after. Mm -hmm. 
And then in, was it 2017 that you made regionals as an individual or was it 2018? Yeah. So 2017, our whole goal was to go team again, but we wanted to try to go to the games. But I just, you know, I was just competing on, you know, in the open to just make the team. And I somehow ended up actually qualifying as an individual, but I turned it down because our whole goal was to go as team that year and try to make the games. I mean, we were ranked number one in our uh, region, at least going into regionals. So um, that was actually, that caught me by surprise. That was probably one of my most proud years because I was just, you know, just working my butt off just to try to make, I just wanted to be on a team with people. I wasn't trying to do anything, you know, for my just all on my own or anything like that I just wanted to be with my gym and have success together with my gym as a community and then I made it on my own which was cool so <laughs> I was so then in tw- oh sorry to cut you off oh no that was it so in 2017 you went team a second time Yep. So 2017, we went team. Uh, we were ranked number one in our region going into regionals, but we ended up placing seventh and they only took top five to the game. So we missed it by just a little bit. And then um, 2018, I made it as a individual. I made it again. So that then that was my goal that year. I was like, well, I made it last year and you know, I'm going to just try to make it again, and maybe that's better route to go is try to go individual. So um, 2018, I made it again, and then I actually competed individual at regionals in West Palm that year. So that was a – and that was a crazy experience, <laughs> nothing I've ever, ever experienced before. And so what are some of the other – like some of the other highlights that you – I mean, I know you've oh, qualified just for a lot of yeah, – um, so I've competed at least probably my first big competition was Wadapalooza, and that was in 2014. And for five years in a row, I competed in Wadapalooza um, in the same division, too. So I started off in RX, and then every year RX kept getting harder, but I kept getting better. And so I kept making RX every single year. Actually, there was one year I went as a team for elite division, but it's different. You know, if you go in team for elite, it's not quite as competitive as going elite individual. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I competed five years in a row at Wadapalooza. And I think my, I think one of my biggest or most proud moments at Wadapalooza was like, maybe the second to last year when I made top 10 and I made seventh the year after that, but I wasn't as proud of that. Um, I was more proud of the year before when I made 10th just because I didn't expect it. And I guess it was, it was almost groundbreaking for me because the first two years I did Wadapalooza, I was like last place. And then all of a sudden I was like top 10 and I was like, wow, I can actually hang with these people. And I knew that I could, but it was something about when you compete, you kind of psych yourself out. And I did that the first three years competing at that competition. And then that year, the second to last year I did, I think it was 2018, I got 10th and I was like, wow, I did it. I'm hanging with these people in a competition setting. This is great. (laughs) So, and so, so just for those listening, Wadapalooza is, um, it's like a qualifier. Um, you, you have to qualify to get into Wadapalooza. And then the way they have it now is that it's a qualifier to get to the game. So getting into Wadapalooza is, this is like 
It's a little bit more than your local competition. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. And then every year it's gotten more and more uh, just so competitive that it's like you're competing against people everyone around the world. Yeah. And then she Sorry, also, Kim also does Grid, Grid League, which can you kind of explain that? Oh, yeah. So um, Grid League is it's similar to CrossFit, but it's a team style. So you're on a team with basically 17 other people and half of them are guys and half of them are girls. And you're going to be racing other teams from around the state. And these races are like two minutes long and they're basically like CrossFit, but much more intense movements. So in CrossFit, you might be doing, you know, just ring muscle-ups, but in grid, it's ring muscle-ups with a wall ball in between your feet. Or instead of just doing burpees, you're doing burpee backflips. So it's much more intense and you're, it's, the adrenaline it gets very high and it's for a short amount of time and you're just sprinting pretty much racing this other team that's next to you and it's called grid because you go from one grid to the other and once you reach the fourth grid and you're done with that then you're done with the race so there's four different grids that you do different movements in and then you're done so it's easy to watch because you can watch you once you know which grid they're in you know which team is winning if that makes any sense <laughs> It's, it makes sense to me when you it's and it's if you're if you're just for the listeners if you're it, it's very easy to watch because if you're standing there you can literally see like which where somebody is in space and that tells you who's in the lead. Yes, yes, um, and it's I mean it life. I've been lucky to be on the Tampa Bay Brigade. Um, we got second my first year, and then we tied for first my second year. So, I mean, they're, it's a great team, and the coaches are great, and the athletes are amazing. So, yeah, that's been a, a really cool experience. And then our uh, tournament is in December this year, so... They had to, they, so they had to cut the season down this year because of COVID and everything. So they basically turned the entire season into a like two day tournament. So we're doing all those races, but com- like compressed pretty much. So like a little bit shorter and then it's all between two days instead of the span of like four months. So yeah. <laughs> and I just signed to do that in December. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Um, so obviously Kim is a very, you know, spectacular athlete. She has been involved in sports in some capacity pretty much her whole life. So to say that she identifies an athlete as an athlete is kind of an understatement. But so of course, you know, we hit our highs, then we got to talk about our lows, but that's okay because lows are what make you a better person in the end. So tell us about your knee injury. Um, what happened and what were some of the steps that you've taken? Well, what were the steps that you took to heal it prior to getting surgery? Yeah. So as Kira said, I um, tore my ACL um, 2019. I was coming down from a rope climb in the middle of a workout and I was just not really looking where I was landing and my knee completely buckled and I knew that something had been wrong, but the MRI at the time didn't say 
that I had a torn ACL. So I actually competed on it and did grid league and the open <laughs> um, for a few months. But then I realized that something wasn't right when my knee buckled again when I was doing clean and jerks. So um, I finally went and got surgery the early this year in January and that surgery actually turned into an infection. So I had to have another surgery in February to clean out the infection. And then I was on um, IV antibiotics for about a month and I couldn't really get out of bed for a month after that. So yeah, as Kira said, I do identify a lot as an athlete, and it was, I mean, this whole time, even since the day that I had torn, or, I mean, I guess I didn't know at the time that I tore it, It's, it has been a struggle, because I, I didn't know what to do. It's like, every day I know, you know, what I'm going to train for, and the movements I'm going to work on, and when I hurt myself, it's almost like you feel lost or something all of a sudden and then you don't really know how injured you are and you don't know how much you want to push yourself and like it's this weird battle between feeling guilty about pushing yourself but then you feel guilty for not pushing yourself because you feel like you're slacking so I I feel like I've been I battled that for a while and then after I had like the whole infection I just <laughs> I literally had to basically identify or change what I identify myself as and not that I only identify myself as an athlete but I had to kind of like Kira says it it makes you a better person because you're handling adversity adversity and you're handling like realizing that you're more than just an athlete you're more than just a crossfitter or you know whatever sport that you do so I just I just kept telling myself that and I started, you know, just going through what I was appreciative for. What else do I have? I mean, it could be so much worse. Yeah, I hurt my knee, but there's people that are losing family members. There's people that are losing their whole leg. So I had to keep reminding myself of what I had and what there is to be grateful for. And that definitely helped. And, you know, even though we think that we're losing everything at once and we think that everything's falling apart. It could always be worse. And, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so that was kind of stuff that I had to go through. Um, and it's, it, it opens your eyes going through something like that. It opens your eyes to what really matters. And winning CrossFit is not what really matters. I mean, I love it and it's something that makes me happy, but it's not ultimately who I am. So I don't know. So, sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. No, I mean, that was, I kind of went on a rant there. I don't even remember the question. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, this is all super heartfelt stuff and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so let's go, let's hit the rewind button just for a second. Cause I want to know, um, when you knew that you were going to have to have surgery, how did that make you feel? Oh gosh. <laughs> 
It was not a good feeling. Um, and I'm, I went to multiple surgeons because I was just in denial. I didn't, well, it wasn't that I was, I, I guess I just wanted to be a hundred percent sure of what had happened and that I had to really go through this, you know, eight month or two year long process of not being able to do what I'm used to doing. So I went to multiple surgeons and they all told me the same thing after they looked at the, um, pictures of my MRI and they said, you know, you have a torn ACL and you've already torn your ACL multiple times. So this is going to be a long process um, of recovery. So when I, you know, the first time I heard that, I sat in my car and just like cried for like 15 minutes and I couldn't go back because I had taken like an hour off to go to work and I couldn't even go back to work because I was just so devastated. I mean, it's just such a devastating thing to hear when your whole your whole life feels like it's collapsing at the time because that's that's all that your life revolved around is competing. I had so many competitions lined up. I was like, okay, I'm going to do I mean, obviously I'd already I'd already qualified for Wadapalooza and I was I'd already qualified for um I- Ireland games. So these are both sanctioned events. You can make it to the games if you do these events or if you competed them. So one of them was in Ireland and only like top 20 qualified and I was one of them. So I was looking forward to so many things and it it just felt like all of it was gone. So it was not a good feeling. It definitely the first, I don't know, first few weeks after hearing, finding out that I had to get surgery was a big shock. It was really hard. <laughs> So, yeah. And then after, once you had the surgery, um, can you tell us a little bit about that road to recovery physically as well as mentally and emotionally? Oh, yeah. So um, when I first had the surgery, I was, I mean, I was so ready to just get started. Once you get the surgery, it's like, okay, now I just have to I can only just, I just have to keep working my way up and just improve every single day. So I actually was really motivated. Um, but then it turned into an infection. So that didn't, it didn't, it just didn't go the way that I expected or anyone expected. And then when I got in, you know, the second surgery, I was like, oh my gosh, because I, I went back to trying to do my normal rehab and it was not the same. It was like, it was like 10 times harder. I mean, I, my muscle had atrophied so much more after all of that. And it it was like, I mean, I just remember trying to do one step up, like my first step up onto like a six foot tall like book or something. And it hurt so bad. And I started crying again. I was like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How am I even going to? You know, how am I going to, like, like be able to do what I used to do? Um, so I had to get through, you know, thoughts like that. And I had to just keep telling myself to keep going because, you know, what else are you supposed to do? I'm not going to give up. So every day I just worked. I, you, you basically take it a little at a time. And that's if, if you see it as like, oh, I have to. How am I ever going to clean and jerk 200 pounds? Like, you can't look at it that way. You have to just think, okay, what every day, what can I do to make myself better? And that was how I started to think. And that was basically what um, got me 
you know, to where I am now was just thinking kind of like little by little, day by day, like, what can I do better and how have I improved since, you know, the day before? So when I stepped up finally onto a six inch book, then I would add, you know, more, I would add more height and just try to step up onto something higher. And then every day it just improved little by little. Just take it one step at a time and just slowly just acknowledge the improvement. As long as you acknowledge the improvement, acknowledge that you're making progress, then you can be grateful for the progress that you've made. So, um, yeah, so anyway, I was, I basically did that for the whole month that I was in bed rest. Um, I was staying at my mom's and I just was taking that, like, when I would, when I would not be in bed, I would work on my therapy. And then when I came back here was when everything shut down during the whole quarantine. And I just, I continued the same thing. When I came back home to my place here in Largo, I just continued doing day by day. And I was slowly able to add weight. I was able to, like, walk upstairs easily. And then eventually I was starting to do more CrossFit movements. And just, you know, over the course of, like, all these months, I've been able to slowly get back to where I used to be. So just take it little by little. And so things are starting to go much better for you now physically, too, and as well as mentally. Yes. Yeah. Um, I still have. So I still have these. It's a, it's a challenge still mentally because you still think about, oh, but I used to be able to do this. And then once you're back in that gym setting, you're seeing you know, everybody else is doing all these movements. They're doing heavy, you know, clean and jerks. And you want to you want to participate. You want to be able to do that, too. And I just have to tell myself, like, no, you've gone through, you know, an injury. You've gone through something that these people aren't going through. And it just you have to be patient. If you're not patient, then you're just going to injure yourself again or delay the process even more. So, it it is it's still a it's still a battle mentally every day but at the same time it's gotten better because i can feel myself improving and the fact that i've come this far is a huge thing so yeah so what lessons do you feel like you can really take from this experience oh man that's a good question <laughs> um and just appreciating what you have and I mean I guess I mean, do you mean like the experience of like when I tore my ACL or just the whole thing in general basically? I mean, the whole thing in general, you know, like perhaps, you know, I'm I'm just thinking of, you know, other things that people can relate to, you know, whatever they're doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so one of the things that I did actually while I was um, not very mobile <laughs> while I was recovering and I couldn't move too much was I started writing this book that um, it's it's on Amazon. Kira knows what it is. It's um, <laughs> it's called um, the Home Workout Solution. So. I was thinking about other people that were quarantining and myself going through what I had gone through. I was like, Oh, I wonder if I can use this to help other people. I'm not using equipment. I, you know, my, 
exercise level had dropped so much and I was not in shape at all. And I was like, I wonder if I can help other people that are stuck at home and they want to exercise, but they don't know what to do. So I wrote a book and that's kind of how I geared my um, focus. So instead of because my focus used to always be on, you know, my CrossFit and working out, I changed gears and focused more on, okay, how can I use this experience to help other people? How can I use this experience to um, share with anyone that wants to do like what I'm doing, like home workouts? So I, I guess that's a lesson that I learned was just how to change your focus on Instead of looking at the bad stuff, instead of being negative, like look at what you can do. How can you use that experience in a positive way? You can always find any experience and turn it into something positive. And it's much easier said than done. And I always read these things or hear them in, you know, inspirational videos. But it is true. So if you try to, if you just try to make it into something positive, then it can happen. And that's, that's what I did. I just, I tried to make the best out of it. I tried to use it to help other people. So I guess that so, would say that's a lesson. <laughs> where can people find that, that book you said? It's oh, um, it's on, it's a Amazon Kindle book. So I kind of like took a class that it was like an online class that taught you how to write books, like just, you know, format them. And so I wrote down what I wanted to say and what I had experienced and what I learned. And then I put it up on Amazon Kindle and it's called The Home Workout Solution uh, by, and it's my name, Kimberly DeCray. So if anyone wants to read about <laughs> working out at home and you have no equipment and you don't want to do something too grueling and intimidating and, you know, because that's, what I feel like is actually one of the things that CrossFit like or just exercising in general scares people is that the workouts might be too intimidating to other people. And when I had hurt myself and I was just recovering from bed rest, I couldn't do anything that was too grueling. I, my body just wouldn't let me. So I had to do easy workouts one step at a time, like starting with like just three minutes of moving, like nothing too long. And so I figured maybe this would be something that could help other people or would be good for others that are in the same situation as me. So it's called the home workout solution. Yeah. <laughs> the home workout go, solution. Go download it. It's on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what message or messages would you really like to convey to others after living through this experience? Um, I would probably say the same thing, kind of like, I guess the same thing with the lesson that I learned is that when you, even though you think that your life is crashing down on you, like that moment that I was told that I couldn't compete in CrossFit for basically an entire year, and that's all I've done for the last seven years of my life. Um, that moment that I heard that and went and sat and cried in my car, um, it's even though you feel like everything's falling apart, it's not. And you can always make something good out of it. You can 
use it to fuel you for the future because one year is really nothing like in or two years or three years you know it's nothing in the whole grand scheme of things and then in the end you can use it to feel yourself and inspire other people so you just have to stay positive and look for other ways to um use what you can do which is more than at least in my case i i know that's more than just being an athlete i just had to change gears so. I love that. So, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> but going back to the theme of being an athlete, what do you have any kind of upcoming goals or upcoming events going on? I know you mentioned the grid, um, the grid yes. tournament. Yeah. So um, there's grid. That's that's the big tourney that's in December. Um, I'm actually hoping that I compete at Clearwater, can compete at Clearwater Beach Brawl, which is in middle of November, so that's in like a month. Um, I'm kind of nervous about that one. We're not, I'm not 100% sure if it's going to happen, but I'm aiming to compete at it, and by then that will be my 10-month mark, so nine or 10 months, so um, I'm hoping I can do that one. So Clearwater Beach Brawl in November, and then I have Grid League in December, and then Valor Games is in February. That's just, you know, that's kind of for fun. But then the Open is in also in February. And I definitely, I have goals for the Open because I've just, I always like to lay out like what I do every year. And last year I was able to place, uh, was it almost 150th? And I was with a torn ACL. So I'm wondering if, you know, with, without it, with my ACL fix, if I could, you know, try to place top 100. Um, but then the Wadapalooza actually got switched to May. So the qualifier is probably going to be around January. So that's another thing that I'm definitely training for. And I know that everything's tough right now because of, um, the COVID, but I think that there's going to be maybe the open will be a way to qualify for other sanctioned events. They haven't released anything yet, but that's my goal is to qualify for more sanctioned events this year or next year, I guess, 2021. (laughs) So guys, she went through the surgery. She thought everything was coming, crashing down on her, but here (laughs) we are and she's back. So, you know, I think it's just important to learn that to and to understand even when you're going through it. Like you can totally have, I always tell people, have a 24 hour pity party by all means. Like go for it. Yeah. You got to put your big girl britches on and you do what you know you need to do, but also recognize the fact that it's not permanent. Yeah. Like you will get through it. And you know, if, if you learn, if you can take something from it, then you'll be better than you were before. Oh my gosh. So well worded. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, um, let's wrap up. Um, Kim, where can people find you? Um, uh, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Kimberly Midori. Yes, that's my middle name. So K I M B E R L E E and then M I D O R I, no spaces. Awesome. So go follow Kim and check out her book um, on Amazon. Yeah. So, yeah. Kim, thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate you being on, and thank you for sharing your story with us today. 
so much for having me, Kira. This was great. I loved your questions. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. And, Kim, have a wonderful night. Really, you too. Bye. Bye.